Hello, I'm Better Mike. I'm Finn McMissile. And uh, today is the first episode of our new podcast series, Cal and Better Mike. Cal is Finn McMissile, and I am Better Mike. Our first episode covers Cars 2. Is it canon? So first we're going to discuss the benefits and the arguments for why Cars 2 is canon. Finn McMissile or Cal, would you like to lead us in this? Now, a lot of people who have seen the Cars franchise feel that Cars 2 is this blemish, an otherwise perfect trilogy. Now, a lot of people have said, this movie big sucks, and we should just delete it from our memories. It's no longer canon. However, there are a few talking points that we must consider in terms of Cars 2 still being canon, even though despite its mixed reviews. Now... We'd like to start off with the 10 references that are made of Cars 2 in the subsequent film Cars 3. A lot of people think, you know, if a film just isn't remembered on into the following films, such as a good example of this would be Shrek the Third. Nothing really from Shrek the Third follows into Shrek Forever After, but... There are a few things from Cars 2 that are quite prevalent in Cars 3. We'd like to go over that list with you now. Does that sound good with you better, Mike? Oh, I think that's a great place to start. I'll actually read off our first couple points. So the first reference is at the beginning of the film, Cars 3, Mater says, go McQueen. Woohoo! And, you know, this is the same line that he used at the end of the second film during the Radiator Spring Grand Prix, which is the... um the final race in Cars 2 after the whole all-in-all um, fiasco, fuel fiasco gets fixed, and, you know, they're all back in Raider Springs actually having a, you know, good, good real racing. And then we also have Blaine McQueen's paint job, and um, whenever he lets Cruiser Mirrors take over, he kind of mauls himself after the uh, fabulous Hudson Hornet. Fabulous Lane McQueen, his paint job contains... No, it contains elements from his World Grand Prix design. And, you know, it's most notably the lightning bolts on his sides fading into flames. That's really the reason why this is so important because it actually references the Grand Prix. So there's arguments that, that can be made quite substantially that the Grand Prix did happen in some way, shape, or form, the World Grand Prix. So we definitely see evidence that some of the events in Cars who had have happened if – we're talking just continuity in Cars 3. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, something, there's a little Easter egg here that I feel that a lot of fans may not have caught. As you know, Mr. Sterling, who had acquired Rusty's from Rusty and Dusty, you know, those two business moguls that built that empire around Lightning McQueen. Mr. Yeah, yeah. What was that, Mike? I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, you know, that's okay. good point. The, the Rusty's Empire was, when we first saw in Cars 1, it was just, you know, a small, two small brothers and their startup and their star race, really, in McQueen, oh, and yeah. a very dedicated fan base. But at BM Cars 3, it's just, it's, it's huge. It's massive. And really, that just shows the testament that uh, how good of a, I don't want to say a business mogul or uh really know a phrase of or just maybe just a business car in general that Lane McQueen is as we saw in cars cars two and cars one he had a, already a vivid fan base he's a, he was a young racer uh, cars two in Japan and Tokyo there's a whole gift shop dedicated to him and he's an American racer so I think this really just goes to show how big Lane McQueen is in, in the cars world and yeah, a tribute to Rusty. Uh, sorry for interrupting. I just really wanted to bring oh, that up. Yeah, it's, it's fair. Always feel free to feel free to interrupt. But this this begs a question: Does Rusty and Dusty appear in Cars too? I I I can't remember. I do not think. Do they? I don't think they do. You don't think they do? Down in the comments below, can let us know if we're wrong. But I I don't think they were. We we could fact check that right now. It's the, it's the beauty of the World Wide Web. Yeah, as he's as he's fact checking that, I'll uh, can you do some of the other points. In uh, Cars Two, Lightning promised Mater at the end of the movie that he can go to all of his races from there on. And in Cars Three, we did see Mater every single race that Lightning was in. 
So there is either that we can just say that no, in Cars Two, Major just after Cars One, Major just goes all the races. But as we can see in Cars Two, Lane actually prompts that there's some some sort of verbal agreement, and that clearly carries on to Cars Three. So that's a, another good reason why Lightning why um Cars Two it should be considered canon. Another argument is with Lightning arguing with Cruz in the third movie about her making him lose the race at Thunder Hollow. It's very similar to the Lightning and Mater argument after the race in Tokyo for yeah. pretty much the exact same purposes. Okay, uh, did you find your... I, I did, actually, and they, in fact, did not appear in Cars 2. They made their triumphant return in Cars 3, so interesting they got nixed from the uh, middle film. That is that is a point to make. When we go over the reasons why Cars 2 shouldn't be considered can, we'll definitely bring that back up. Yeah, they're, they're in take, if they're not there, where is Lightning McQueen today without Rusty and Dusty? That's true. He probably wouldn't have enough money to race. Well, where is he? Not, he's got no sponsor. He doesn't, he, you know. Easy. They're the they're the breadwinners of this franchise, and it's just it's a shame that they weren't included in that second film after their big impact. But going back to Cars Two, and its references at Cars Three. Now, as we were talking about, Mr. Sterling bought Rusty's from Rusty and Dusty. They decided to sell out. You know, why as, why, might as well. They're into their later years. No need with worrying with day-to-day -day affairs. If you look closely in Mr. Sterling's office, he has a small picture of Miles Axelrod. Miles Axelrod, as we know, is a big player in Cars too. so... A little Easter egg there for us uh, dedicated Cars fanatics. A little bit of a connection there. Also, as uh, we were commonly aware of John and Nancy in that thrilling French couple in the Cars 2 movie as well, they can be seen kissing on the bridge in a commercial that McQueen is watching while he's sleeping inside. He's watching a TV inside of his sleeping truck carrier who is lovingly referred to as Mac. And the couple John and Nancy appear there as well. Now, we talked about Rusty and Dusty being next for whatever reason from the cars too. Maybe they had another, maybe they had wanted to pursue other interests at that point and they didn't want to do it with their contract. However, there is one returning character from Cars 2 minus, you know, the regular cast, you know, Mater and Guido, they're, they're, they're staples. They don't count in terms of returning characters. Jeff Corvette, who was seen at the Ford International Speedway in Cars 3, only character to return from Cars 2. And he told McQueen, as we know, win one for us old guys. And there's another big thing that a lot of people probably didn't realize, they probably forgot that his... Uh, girlfriend Sally in the first film always called him stickers because he had the stickers for the headlights in Cars 2 he got actual headlights because he needed to see the track in Cars 3 he still has those headlights as we can recall from that scene where he's training at Thomasville Speedway trying to you know get his mojo back and he's out in the dark in the fields training and they, they say lights out and he turns his lights off, so he doesn't have his stickers anymore. He still has his lights from Cars 2. Just little small things you just don't think about at first, and it's just, we saw that before. This isn't new. little memory recall for us dedicated fans. Where would you like to move with this now, Better Mike? Well, uh, I want to, not right now, but uh, I want to get back to, uh, Sally, um, Sally Correa, I believe that's her full name. When um, when the time's right, I want to talk about her, mainly her role in Cars Two, because there's there's a lot to talk about there, especially compared to her role in Cars One. But yes, that was mainly our ten big points on why there is reason or links for Cars Two to be clearly canon, just not based on it was the second movie produced in the film and it has the title Cars Two. There's there was those references, but um, I just want to say 
I do believe, in my personal opinion, that Cars 2 should not be considered canon. Because I believe it is very outlandish. And it's a very, in a sense, it's a very different style of movie compared to Cars 1 and Cars 3. If we just look at that continuity, Cars 1 is about a man, Lightning McQueen, or my bad, a car. Really just, his, his, uh, it's a story of him, like, growing as a person, as a car, as a character. Meanwhile, it's always, at its core, it's a racing movie. Uh, Cars 2, on the other hand, I really don't see as a very similar archetype. Cars 3 follows a somewhat similar archetype to Car, Cars 1 with Cruiser Mirror is kind of picking up the mantle of Lane McQueen. And there's lots of similarities between the two. But Cars 2, it really doesn't really fit that theme and model of Cars 1 and Cars 3. And, you know, that just really makes me think that maybe this is just one of Mater's Tall Tales because we know the series, Mater's Tall Tales, where these kind of outlandish things happen. And there's no real backing up of some of the more outlandish things that happen in Cars 2 and Cars 3 because they don't talk about Mater's spy days, Mater's girlfriend that he had. You know, just really, Cars 2 is a spy movie. It's not a racing movie. It's not really a car movie. It is a spy movie. It's a spy action thriller. And Mater does not really... I consider Mater more of a flat character. He doesn't really... He does have some character bone, some change, but overall he does not really change no, he doesn't himself know. at his core. I feel Mater more so changes the world around him. He helps change Lightning McQueen for the better. I feel that as a in the Cars archetype, in the Cars universe, he is not the main, real main character, and he should never really be in that main character role. And I really think that's part of the reason why I don't consider Cars too canon, because the Cars series, the Cars franchise really is rooted, and it's really, it's Lane McQueen's, it's Lane McQueen's story. I don't yeah. view Cars 2 as Lane McQueen's story. That's, that's why I personally don't believe or look at as Cars 2 as canon. Uh, Finnwick, so do you want to give your two cents? I mean, I, I, I agree with basically everything you said there. It's just, you know, you have this story of McQueen, changes as a person, he's this cocky racer, and he doesn't even care about the people of Radiator Springs, he doesn't even know about Route 66, and just like, okay, so what? I don't, I don't care. I got a bit, I'm a big shot racer, and you know, the end of the movie, he changes his tune here and cars too we get Vader and he wants to be a spy and then into the, the movie he's a spy and throughout the movie he's a spy and it's just where is that growth of character he's just a spy but all his spy and espionage films are think can this work with cars you know can we adapt this one character from Cars 2, I think really played out this spiral well was Finn McMissile. Now, a lot of you probably aren't aware, Finn McMissile was actually supposed to appear in the first Cars theatrical release. The story goes that there was a sequence that never really went beyond the storyboarding stage, but it was supposed to be Lightning McQueen and Sally. They were at that drive-in theater out on a date, and they were watching this James Bond-esque film about a super spy car named Finn McMissile and he was going after the taxis of death and during this time Finn McMissile is basically just you know a parody of James Bond he's just meant to be comic relief the end of the film just you know end on a nice slight fluffy note but in Cars 2 they decide you know what this goes beyond the storyboarding stage we're going to bring this character to life see I want to Yes. I want to go. I want to go on that. I think that really just kind of goes into the really supports why Cars Two is one of more so one of Mater's tall tales. Yes. We can we can easily see in Cars Three that the World Grand Prix did happen, and there could have been a use of alternative fuel such as all in all that it just didn't really go off. And as we see in your thing, in your little statement about Finn McMissile is his origins. There was he was planned to be a movie star, so can we not make the argument that that did happen? They Sally and 
Lightning went to see that movie. And as we know, Mater, best friend's Lightning, he sometimes likes to piggyback on their dates, not really, go, not be a third wheel. But we saw in one of their dates, he was a waiter at the restaurant. You know, he doesn't have a waiting job. He's he's yeah. a tow truck. He tows. Cars too, yeah. So we could make, it's very plausible that Mater was at the movie, just maybe just checking in, make sure Lightning and Sally were having a nice time and that no one was bothering them. He saw that movie and he had that spy fantasy. And when he was, he might have really had that, you know, bad connection with Lightning where Lightning was embarrassed about him being with him because he's not that high class. He's, as he said, he's of average intelligence. And maybe that's seeing him travel around the world, Lightning on the World Grand Prix. Maybe we can say that Mater just kind of imagined all that spy stuff happening. And it could have cost McQueen the uh, Japanese race. We don't really know because we don't know what is fiction and what is not because really in Cars 3, they never really reference any of the spy stuff. And I think that's a major thing that we can consider. The World Grand Prix did happen, but we don't know what actually happened because it could all just be Mater's tall tale. Exactly. And it's just, you got to think, Mater's been known to embellish. Mater has a very overactive imagination. It's, you know, it's just quite possible. It just, it's all a dream, Cars 2. It's just what's going on in his subconscious. And what you said about, you know, none of these events are ever referenced again in Cars 3. In Cars 2, it's pretty clear that Queen of England knights him at the end. I don't hear anyone calling him Sir Toe Mater in the third film. It's just... That's a great point. He didn't lose that title. I mean, is he not... His heroics just weren't remembered. I, I don't think they would have had that short term of a memory. Third film doesn't take place that many years after because Cars 2, they'd already mentioned he'd won four Piston Cups. Cars 3, he's got seven. You know, that's only three more Piston Cups. It's not like 20, 30 years have passed and people have forgotten. You know, it's it's still recent history. So I'm pretty sure if those events had happened, you know, he'd still be looked at as a hero and Serto Mater in the third film. But, you know, people just, or cars in this case, just conveniently forgot that in the third film. Yes, I think that's a, also another good point. That he's, you know, he's, would the Queen really knight an American? We have to think the Queen of England. I believe that um, since... Since Mater is an American, he could just, well, we, we'd have believed in me, America. We, we don't know the geopolitical structure, world structure of the Cars universe. We know England has a queen. We don't know if the English universe, the English empire is still around, but um, we can get some fact checks on that. But if we're to believe that, I do not know how knighting works for international yeah. international cars. In the Cars universe, but I know, and those rules aren't really established. So I'm I'm assuming it's similar to our to our world to our world's rules. You know, it's probably that's where it takes reference. And I really don't think that the Queen would name a average American, even though he did do great in his in his mind, he did great service. I don't really know that the Queen would ever knight. I, I'm gonna fact check that. Can a the, can British royalty really knight a foreigner? Because if, if that holds true, Vader's not a foreign made automobile. He's modeled after a 1956 International Harvester under that Chevrolet umbrella of you know, agricultural products and similar to a Chevy truck at that time, but International Harvesting made you know, agricultural trucks and automobiles and you know, whatever it made for that sort of work. And that was an American company. Their headquarters was Chicago, Illinois. So it's pretty clear he's not a foreign-made automobile. Especially at that time. There were not as many outsourced factories in the mid-50s. More likely he was born and raised in some farm in Chicago, Illinois, and he made his way over to Route 66 someday. Who knows how that happened? Maybe he broke down and that was, you know, he was just stuck there. They got repaired there, and he was just like, I'm just going to stay here. So I, I do see um, – I did do some research right now, and um, they can they're – not, they're not allowed to hold the – they're basically just honorary knights. They don't have the title of sir or dame. 
they get more so a suffix KBE. But um, it's really, really uncommon. And I really doubt that the queen would go in night a rusty American pickup truck who really, I, the, I think the big thing would be if it is the secret service, British secret intelligence, then they would try to brush us under the rug. They would probably find a scapegoat and just say that happened. I really don't think they'd make this big public event. And I really think that's why we can just consider it a tall tale because a lot of the espionage stuff that stays in the world of the dark. And I think that just having him being knighted is might possibly be one of the most outland, outlandish things. And I think the, um, and I think all that spy stuff, as I said before, I just think it really is an imagination because what happened to all of Mater's spy gear? He had, clearly had chain, chain guns, uh, parachutes, rocket jets, you know, all that stuff. And why does that not even get referenced? Like he just pulls out the guns or exactly. sends them up to just do something, you know, something of average intelligence, something that Mater would consider fun. And while him and Lightning are just, you know, being being cars, just joshing around. I really think Cars 3, they really viewed Cars 2 as canon, as legitimate. They would have put some, a lot more references in Cars 3 to it. Exactly. It's almost like the references that were made were almost just like little Easter eggs for the true fans. Like the casual Cars moviegoers probably got to be thinking, Oh, Jeff Corvette, that's funny. Jeff Gordon, yeah, yeah. I could think, oh, wait, Jeff Gordon, Cars 2. Yeah, that's where he made his first appearance. So, yeah, you know, it's just a nice little the gag. It's not, not meant to be, oh, yeah, Cars 2 ties into Cars 3. No, it's just, oh, yeah, Jeff Gordon, let's make him into a car again. You know? Yeah, it's just, there's just too much stuff that's not really – it's just too outlandish, you know, it's Cars 2 is not really rooted in anything. Cars 1 and Cars 3 is rooted in, I would say, uh, like regular car engineering, car, there's a sense of realism to it besides, you know, the talking cars, but everything makes somewhat sense. You don't see flying cars, you don't see cars outfitted with huge weapons. If a car wants to fly, there's a helicopter for that. There's a playing for that the most decked out cards we saw in cars one was probably the i like to call them the neon riders that put mac to sleep and the reason why lane mcqueen ended up in radiator springs i do not believe that there's really much modding of cars in the sense that they have all those weapons hitting away and it just really brings to the point where are those weapons where would they actually be stored Where's the room for the car? You know, it's not like they have tons of random space and hinges and hang compartments. Like in the wheel rod where the gun is, there's a specific purpose for that metal there. And if you take that out, it really destroys the structural integrity of the car. Yeah. It's just, you know, you think, okay, it's a movie. It can be whatever it wants to be. But there's a certain set of rules that were established the Cars universe in the first film. We understand these are anthropomorphic cars and they talk and they act like people. But there was still a set of rules. They were still functioning as cars. They weren't flying. It's just Cars 2 seems to break some of these pre-established rules. It's just in their frame of reference, there, there was a fiction and non-fiction component to this to where in their terminology, Cars was following that non-fiction set of rules, and whereas Cars 2 just got very fictitious and just, you know, broke all the physical boundaries that they held in the first film, which they returned to in the third film. You know, they're normal cars again in their frame of reference, but in Cars 2, it just seemed like all that pre-established rules and, you know, how they should function just went out the window. I agree, and I think um, I think you mentioned before, but um, can you say something about you have a point about Larry, the cable guy, his comment on cars too. So like to bring that up now. That's a very, very good point, Michael. Now, as we all know, 
Larry the Cable Guy is the voice actor for Tomator. Now, in an interview with CBR, Comic Book Resources, you might be familiar with their work, they're usually on YouTube or online, they're very popular. They were asking him about the movies and some of his favorite movies, which one was his favorite. And this is a quote that he had. They had asked him, you know, which one was your favorite movie? Why? And he goes, oh, for the first one, which was a great movie, it was a great movie. It's still my favorite movie. I like it even better than Cars 2. I know Mater was the main guy in 2, but I've got to tell you, I like the first one. 2 was kind of more like a Mater tale. It had really nothing to do with the movies. It was more of a Mater dream, which I got, and which I don't think anybody else understood that, except us at Pixar. Right there, the man behind the voice of Joe Mater. It was more of a Mater tale. It's a pretty telling element of that quote that maybe this was just one long episode of Mater's Tall Tales, which, as we know, has been documented, involves characters from this franchise, but it's considered non-canon. These events did not happen. They involve these characters. Their likenesses and images are used for the sake of story, telling the story, not considered canon to the actual plot. Yeah, I really like that, that quote. I think we just got to highlight the what he says that about it's just one of Mater's dream, and he th- and he said that really only him and the people at Pixar really understood that. I think it, putting that Pixar part really is important because they didn't want to make it explicit that you know this is this one of Mater's tall tale because you know Pixar actually they respect their audience, they acknowledge their audience is intelligent, and they just don't want to basically spoon feed exposition to them. Yeah. So I think this is a almost a Easter egg style, almost like Christopher Nolan inception level twist uh, that this is, this is Mater's dream. And I think that's just very important to understand that when you're watching the cars trilogy, that cars two is Mater's imagination. And I honestly, I really think that cars should not be a trilogy. I feel like cars two is, not really a major motion picture like Cars 1 is and Cars 3 is. I feel it's more of a, almost like a TV special, like a TV movie. Yeah, I really think that's that's the big thing because we see Cars 1 and Cars 3 just have such different tones, such different, such different almost styles. The animation style is similar, but I believe there's a certain feeling, certain heart that Cars 1 and 3 has, that Cars 2 just doesn't have. And I really feel that Cars 2 is basically just the movie version of Mater's Tall Tales. Exactly. That's... They set off these, you know, they have these little short films of Mater's Tall Tales, you know, it's fun, and they think, you know, maybe let's just stretch out a long episode of it. You know, we can really build on this. Each of the Mater's Tall Tales are like five minutes long, maybe. There's not really a lot of time for development of any sort but you know they saw the opportunity because you know we can expand this into a film now for, for us I think we both agree that you know this isn't canon to the actual story of the Cars universe but it did happen the film itself happened we're not denying that they didn't release this film and you know it, it happened but you have to understand that this movie is not considered canon to the actual ongoing story in the Cars universe it's supposed to be interpreted as one of Mater's dreams, one of his all tales. I, I agree with that statement. I know it's usually not good for these types of discussions to have both agreeing points, but I just think Cars 2 is just too outlandish. It's too different. It's, yes, the message of the movie is to, it's Mater accepting himself for what he is and Lightning learning to accept Mater. But I just think that's not really yes it's a it's a moral of the story but like many par- biblical parables they don't really have morals that's not the main point of it yes mater learned to accept himself for who he is and that makes him better but mater did not really change i think that's a big thing of the tall tale you know he just there's no real development there's lots of physical development if it is true which i i don't believe it is 
because he has all these nice upgrades, but he doesn't use them anymore. He still is a tow truck at the end of the day. And I really believe that, you know, it's, as I said before, it's a tall tale. So I think moving forward with these discussions, these these episodes that if we mention cards too, we don't really view as canon. And, um, but we do acknowledge that cards two exists. You know, Cars 2 did bring a lot of great merchandise and also lots of great games. And if I don't know if you want to talk more about the canon status of Cars 2, because we, we, I think we can agree right now we acknowledge it came out, it exists, but we don't view the more, we don't really view the spy stuff as canon. We can make arguments that the world, we know the World Grand Prix happened, but as it happened in Cars 2, we don't know. Is there anything you'd like to add before I move on to Cars 2 Legacy? I uh, just, if we have time, I'd just like to just point this out that, you know, we're saying here, you know, I don't, we don't think it's canon. But I feel like, in addition to what we've already said, I feel like Pixar's trying to tell us that this isn't canon and how they portrayed the build of the Cars 3. Now, some of you may not remember, because it's been a while since Cars 3 was released. But one of the trailers for Cars 3, we can hear Smokey, as we know. That's the orange pickup truck that was Doc Hudson's sponsor that he tries to help McQueen get his mojo back. He has this very distinct quote that he says in the trailer. He says, you can't turn back the clock, but you can wind it up again. Pixar did this on purpose. This isn't just some cute some big powerful message in the movie. This transcends the film itself. Pixar said this because they wanted to let us know that Cars 3 was made as a franchise reset. It's supposed to move on in continuation from the first film. It's not supposed to build upon Cars 2. Cars 2 is not considered canon in this case. Cars 3 is meant as a continuation of Cars 1 its message where he has that bond with Doc Hudson. Now he's in that shoes or tires now of Doc Hudson and it's that rebirth of that same story through a new theatrical release. Because as we look, Cars 3 basically picks up where the first Cars ended. There's no major mentions of the experiences of McQueen and the rest of the Radiator Springs gang as we've already said, you know, went to Japan and Europe, they, they don't mention those adventures that they had there, you know. Now, when Mater's in Cars 3, he seems a little bit more mature. But, you know, it's, there's no real, you don't need to see the second film to understand, oh, that's, this film's can. Mater's more mature now. You know, it's just, he's older now. It's, you know, it's sort of that assumption that Mater's getting older, McQueen's getting older. You know, they, they have more knowledge now. They're more mature. It just, I really think that Pixar's is trying to tell its audience, you know, look, Cars 3 didn't need Cars 2 to survive, you know. You, you can see the first Cars and you can see Cars 3, but Cars 2 is not part of this ongoing chapter in the Cars book. I think that's a great point. Great point to have. So moving on from the can stats of Cars 2, let's kind of move on to its legacy. I know we're both fans of Cars 2, the video game. I think it's a great game. I think that's also kind of, honestly, I think that's its strongest selling suit. Cars 2 is not good in terms of a movie, and especially not in terms of good of continuity of the story of Cars, but I think it's great for spinoff video games. These Cars 2, the video game, I don't know if you've played it. Highly recommend it. It's a bit of an oldie, but it's a class. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I, I highly recommend it. Well, there's been some good reviews for that game too. Also, it's lots the the initial cast of characters is it's good, but it's not great. But with DLC, very cheap DLC, very cheap DLC, it becomes great. It becomes almost optimal. I, there's no Doc, no Hudson Hornet in it, but that is, you know, I, I think that's more so out of respect for his passing. Yes, the voice actor passed. You know shame and it's just you know yeah and they couldn't replicate that voice again you don't want to you don't want to tarnish the legacy of such a 
important and honestly one of the greatest characters of all time. But yes, Cars Two, the video game, some of the selling points that you know you don't you can't really see in Cars One or Cars Three because it's not as outlandish. There is a almost, I would say, Cars Two, the video game is the perfect balance between a racing game, a action game, kind of like Call of Duty, and Mario Kart, honestly, because in some of the modes, there's regular racing mode if you just want to play standard, just test your driving skills. There's regular racing. There's also battle races, which is a lot like Mario Kart, where you pick up random elements that can either help or hurt enemies and yourself on the map through various power-ups. There's also arena modes. So I really think Cars 2 is just the perfect the perfect blend in terms of video, for a video, not the movie, video game. There's something for everybody in that game, you know? Exactly. If you just want to race, you can just race. If you want to do the story mode, grind it out, get those trophies and unlock more levels, you know, that's there for you too. But the racing side of it's just there for, you know, just pure enjoyment. If you're ready to really dig in and try to advance yourself in the story mode, that's there for you as well. You'd mentioned Mario Kart. On IGN, they gave this game an eight out of ten, which I think is pretty good. I don't think I don't think it, you know you told somebody, hey, your game's an eight out of ten, they'd be like, not bad at all. It's you know a lot higher than some other games that are out there on the market. That's they simply said this game rivals Mario Kart. Mario Kart is a classic among virtual car racing connoisseurs. You know, people when you say Mario Kart, people know what you're talking about. To be in that same league and stratosphere as Mario Kart, I think that's pretty, that's pretty impressive for a Yeah, Cars 2, if uh, you, you have the chance, I'd highly recommend it. It uh, almost makes Cars 2, almost makes you want to think Cars 2 is canon. But uh, keeping with Cars 2, is there anything that you really enjoyed or really disliked about the actual movie itself? It's not speaking about like canon status. Like, Is there certain elements that like popped out to you. You say things that I liked or disliked? Yes, yes. Both? Either or. Is there, a, there there's something that I, I don't hear your, anything that you want to say, but there's something that I really dislike about Cars too. Well, I feel like I, I sort of touched upon this earlier. You know, they bring Mater forth the Spike character, and I just thought, you know, this whole idea of using Findic Missile, I thought they used Findic Missile very well in this film. And you you'd almost think maybe should they just should have made this a, a spy movie with just Findic Missile because it's established Findic Missile in the first film releasing the storyboarding. You know he is a spy. You you're staying within the bounds. You understand that it's isn't real. It's supposed to be a movie. It's almost like a movie within a movie. You understand Findic Missile for what he is. He's supposed to be this James Bond. And Sean Connery was not Roger Moore. They were not actually James Bond in real life. Take them for what they were in the film, and you know, I just think they had a really nice character here with Finn McMissile. You know, and for any of you who are really dedicated, his actual model in real life was a 58 Peerless GT, but in the movie, they referred to him as a 65 Faultless GT. Nice little play on words there for the more dedicated Cars fans. The thing I don't like about Cars 2, Finn McMuscle, great character, great addition to the expanded universe of Cars. I don't know what I'll call it the more so the canon, but definitely for expanded universe of Cars. But why I really don't like about Cars 2, and you can go off this after I bring up my point, is the role of almost the diminishing of Sally Correa, the uh, Lee McQueen's girlfriend and the baby blue Porsche 911 Correa. I really think Cars 1, she had a pivotal role in changing lightning. Told him, like, you know, Tom, how to slow things down, really appreciate life. But in Cars 2, we don't really see her as anything more than, I, I hate to put it like this, but like a thirst, a thirsty car. Just like we saw her whenever Francesco came on screen and we got introduced as Francesco, she just couldn't stop talking about how handsome it, he is. You know, it's just really, I just thought that was really a waste of a character and really 
almost devolved a a critical character that Cars universe. And I, Cars three tried to help fix that, but you know I really think Cars two really hurt Sally's legacy in the series. You know, it's just not something that they even really address. They don't have any a redemption arc for her, or really they just throw under the bust as a almost as a thirsty thirsty car that really is almost questioning her loyalty to lightning and you know i just really don't think that is good for relationships the relationship of the two and really just showing a healthy relationship because if sally is having the hots for francesco a racer of almost equal standing of like not at lightning stand lightning's you know level but i just really think that that hurts Sally's role and really hurts her legacy. I just, that part of Cars 2 to me, really, whenever I look back on it, especially watching Cars 1 and Cars 3 again, it just really, really hurts. Yeah, it's almost hard to watch, really. It really is hard to watch. It's just, you look at all these characters that they built up in the first film, it's just, they're there in the second film. They're, they're background, basically. They're not really... You know, what, what did the Radiator Springs crew bring to the second film outside of Mater? I mean, not much. I don't, I don't, do you remember anything of Sarge or anybody, Ramon? Did they do anything in the second film that impacted the story? Not, not particularly. No, I think the, I think the really only one from the Radiator Springs game is uh, the van. Is it Fillmore? Correct me if I'm wrong. I know I should have done my research, but. I know the Volkswagen van who's in charge of Lane McQueen's fuel, he didn't use the all-in-all. He used his own all-natural fuel. I think that's, you know, that's really, I mean, I know Red, Big Red, the fire trick also does have that one scene where he sprays down the the lemons. But I really, I really think that Cars 1, that Lane was a great char- main character. Uh, Mater was a great supporting character. Sally was a great supporting character. Chick Hicks, great side character, great antagonist. But I think the almost a community of Raider Springs helps elevate Cars 1 from just an average movie to a great movie, an all-time classic. And, you know, Cars 2 doesn't really capitalize on those great characters. Maybe it's because Doc isn't there anymore and he was kind of the cornerstone of that town. But as we saw, Lightning is a big part. I almost say he takes Doc's role. And I really think that not Cars 2 not using Greater Spring Cast really kind of it's kind of not an insult but it does it does hurt the fan base because any fan of Cars 1 will love most of the Raider Springs group and not seeing the, their big role in Cars 2 really is a it's a bummer to say the least it's it's doing the fan a disservice yeah you have all these characters you built up and it's just where are they? Why aren't you usually, you spent all this time building them up in the first film, now they're just background accessories, you know, they're just there. Now, I think some people in the comments might be saying, or those listening at home were just thinking, well, you mentioned Doc Hudson's death, passing, so we all know if he actually died, there might be another episode coming up in the future. We might be, might be looking into that, just, you know, the particulars, but for what it's worth right now, you know, Cars 2 establishes that he's no longer there, at least in a physical sense. And you go back and you think, okay, you need to you need to understand Cars 2 is can't understand that Doc is no longer with us. But in Cars 3, it's pretty clearly stated with memorials to Doc. Well, when Lightning's in the in Doc's old office, you know, basically wishing for him to be there. He has those flashbacks of Doc. You know, it's implied in the third film that Doc is gone. You don't need to see or understand the third, the second film to be canon to know that Doc is no longer there. Cars 3 establishes Doc is no longer there. Similar, I've made this parallel before with Trek the Third and Trek Forever After. You know, Trek Third, you can say, okay, what's the big reason Trek the Third has to exist? They introduce the babies. What happens at the beginning of Trek Forever After? Big montage of the babies and Trek and Fiona raising the babies. You don't need Trek the Third plot to understand that they have babies now. They already do that for you at the beginning of Strike Forever After. So, for any of those that are thinking you need 
the second film for the legacy of Doc Hudson. Trust me, they cover the legacy of Doc Hudson in the third film. And for those of you who don't know, as you know, Paul Newman had passed away. He was the legendary voice actor for Doc Hudson in the first film. That's why they decided to, in a sense, kill off the character moving forward. In the third film, they have the speaking roles for Doc, and those speaking roles came from old interview footage that they had of the, act, of the actual actor, Paul Newman, just talking about his love for racing. It wasn't anything he read from a script. It was this old things they had in the archives of this Paul Newman just talking about his love for that great sport. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's also a great thing about the Cars, Cars 1 and later on Cars 3. It's, it's almost a love song, a love story to racing. And we see that in Lane McQueen and especially the Hudson Hornet. And I really think that is almost the soul of the Cars franchise, a love for racing. You ask any car geek, he's going to say his favorite Pixar movie. He should say, well, I can't say that for everyone. But he should say Cars is a great movie because it captures the soul of racing and of cars. I mean, the opening in Cars 1 is so iconic so iconic the speed i am speed at honestly i believe that inspired a generation of speedsters but it's just you know as you said there was just a love for racing in cars one especially in their actors and in cars two there's just there's not that same there's not that same soul because the race there the or grand prix is honestly it's a side plot it's there to move the plot along and you know that's Almost like, it's almost like filler. It is. I agree. I believe it. it. It's so much like filler. And, you know, without the soul of the Cars universe, it's very hard to consider Cars 2 a good movie. Maybe if it was a standalone film, like I said, just Finn McMissile, and maybe somehow Mater gets rolled in there. Maybe that would work. But I just feel it should not be one of the main Cars movie. It should be just Cars 1 and Cars 3 and Cars 2 can be almost a spin-off movie in the same universe. Yeah, you can have you can use the characters, but it doesn't have to be canon. They do that with Mater's Tall Tales. You know, those those aren't canon, but they're they're still using those characters. You can use the characters without making it canon. You know, it's not like we're saying this doesn't exist. It exists. You have to understand in the realm of speaking that we're using. There's something else you'd like to add, Ben and Mike? No, there's – I think we've – looks like we're reaching our 45 to an hour time. So is there any closing closing, any closing arguments or closing ideas before we make our closing statements? Well, just a little tidbit of information in case anyone's curious. You know, you know Cars 2 is obviously looked down upon as, you know, not the good – not the good film of the trilogy. A lot of bad reviews. But I just thought this was an interesting fact. Cars 2 is the only Pixar movie to receive a rotten rating from the website Rotten Tomatoes. Not mixed reviews, but it's the only one to have that rotten status. The rating is 39%. That's the lowest any Pixar film has ever got. Next closest, you know, sadly, is Cars 3. Cars 3 is at 70%. So big, big margin. They're Someone has to be next for last. It's not saying Cars 3 is a bad film. You know, you know, I think that that... Long list. Someone has to be next to last. Obviously, someone has to be last. And unfortunately, in this case, by a wide margin. It's not... Okay, Cars 2 is 68%. Cars 3 is 70%. There's a big gap. It's, I was going to say the... You say the phthalate of Lane McQueen and Cruise and Mirrors in Cars 3. It might be... Might be one of the greatest. It's definitely, if it's not the greatest, one of definitely top ten of uh, what's it called? Um, mentor and uh, student moments in the movies. That might be, uh, of course, it might be another episode. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for episode one. Now yeah, we covered a lot of good ground today. I think we really honed in on how we feel about cars too, and. Out relates to the other films, and 
I think we can safely come to the conclusion that Cars 2 is a solid dream. I do believe that we, that conclusion is a reasonable one. You know, maybe the Grand World Grand Prix happened. We might want to look into that more in a future episode, especially how I believe it did happen. Chu Todoroki should have easily swept the floor, but that's that's for another time. But I think in summary, we can agree that Cars 2, not the, one of the best cars in the movie, we can there's reason lots of reasonable evidence to believe that it's just one of Mater's a longer version of Mater's tall tales. And um, you know, it's just it should not be considered canon. No. And you know, if you enjoy the film, you know, that's perfectly fine. We're not here to say you can't enjoy this film, just understand it for what it is. It can be non canon and still be an enjoyable film, if it is for you. Yes, I think that's that's a good point to make. It's kind of like the uh, Star Wars expand universe. You know, uh, when Disney took over Star Wars, they pretty much said, you know, all these expand universe stuff, it's not canon anymore. And they made a new canon. And, you know, we're not saying, we're not going to be extreme as that. But uh, we do think that Pixar should, you know, say that, you know, Cars 2 is a, it's one of Mater's tall, tall tales. But, you know, honestly, it wouldn't really affect, it wouldn't affect the universe that much. You know, I really think that it's having a canon really almost lowers the value of the Cars franchise. I feel like more would come to appreciate that film for it is if they understood, okay, this is just purely for fun, all fantasy. It's not meant to be taken too literally. Just understand it as a pulp film. I think a lot of people might see so it might not be as bad as I thought it was. You know, I can I can enjoy the character of Finn McMissile. I can enjoy Nader's fanciful interactions with Finn and his sidekick, holy shit, well, but, you know, just to consider it canon, it's just, I just, I can't bring myself to bring it, to call it canon. I don't, I just think it's clear that it's not. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy it, but I just don't think it's canon to the actual Cars universe. Well, that about wraps it up for episode one. Our views on Cars 2, if it is canon. And well, I hope to see you back in for the next episode. Stay tuned for more. This let us is... know in the comments section what you think. Do you think Cars 2 is canon? You know, let us know. Share your thoughts. This is open. It's a broken discussion. No right or wrong answers around here. You're all entitled to your own opinion. Exactly right. So stay tuned for more Cars information. We're going to be, hopefully this podcast will be, we'll see if it can get weekly. We don't know how the schedule is going to look up, but stay tuned for more. Thank you. All right, see you guys.